0: Hey, welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored you're here. The word Kalos means beautiful in, well, poorly pronounced Greek. But we're all about making known the beauty of Jesus. So why don't we dive in to last week's sermon right now. All right, well, today we are launching a brand new series called Death to Selfie, where we're going to be talking about the biblical command to die to self, to deny ourself, and I want to start off with a joke, it's just a little bit warning if you're triggered by bad jokes. Uh, You know those selfie sticks, you know when people take pictures of themselves? I think everybody who uses a selfie stick needs to take a good, long look at themselves. Thank you. Do you need another one? All right. This is for all the people who know how their bodies operate. <laughs> I took a selfie after my kidney removal surgery. Hashtag no filter. <laughs> <laughs> Kidneys filter your blood. No filter Second Timothy three. Second Timothy three. Let's read this. It's gonna get intense actually so put my jokes at the beginning of the message. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people who will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They'll act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you for this word, and I pray that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word, but doers of your word. And Lord, we even lift up the the coronavirus pestilence and the fear and the anxiety a lot of people in our midst are feeling, people in the world are feeling. And Lord, we we just place our trust in you. We rebuke a spirit of fear. We rebuke a spirit of panic. And Lord, we place our hope, we know that you are our strength, our rear guard, we ask for a hedge of protection, Lord, over all of us, for, for people around the world who have been affected by this, been quarantined or displaced or have faced death, Lord, I pray that you would help grieving happen in a healthy way, and then you would help us be kind concerning people's fear, that we wouldn't belittle one another, and that we would just lead with love and compassion, we pray, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen, Amen, a ton of my messages are you on selfie mode? You know, back in my day, I'm 34 years old now, and I have some things to say. But back in my day, when you went to beautiful places of nature, like a waterfall or the Grand Canyon or a mountain, you looked at the mountain. Amen. You focused on the beauty. But now, we take pictures of ourselves. Hey, that's a beautiful mountain. Let me put my face in it. I'm Mount Rushmore. <laughs> that's a, sorry, that was not a pie joke. That's a beautiful, beautiful waterfall. I'm Poseidon. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> But now when we are in these beautiful environments, we can't wait to put our faces in them to make it the center of the experience, the center of the moment. I feel a lot of us are in a selfie culture and we live a selfie life. And that's really evidence when we're experiencing the most beautiful moments of life. And this scripture that we just read, it says in the last days, I feel like it is describing our culture, that people will be lovers of themselves, hello, and lovers of money. If I could describe the lowercase g gods of our culture, it would be the love of self, elevating ourselves and elevating money. Those are the things we value in the culture. And then he gives a warning that people will have a form of godliness, but not walk in the power of it. That means we can be in church, we can be saying godly, religious-looking things, but not experience the full power of the gospel. Have you experienced that yourself? I tried church, I tried prayer, I tried reading the Bible, I've tried all these things, but it's just not working. I feel like it's weak, there's not a lot of power. Well, maybe we're falling into this warning, this trap that we're warned about in the scripture that we can experience a form of godliness, but deny or lack the power that we are lovers of ourselves and money, and I believe that it's taking a toll on our culture. I believe we live in a selfie culture. You might not know what a selfie is, so let me give you some comical examples. Here's a selfie <laughs> it's just a man and a baby, nothing else to see. And sometimes our selfies are sabotaged. How about another? You got a selfie, just a normal day, focusing on yourself, but danger is lurking. To find a foothold. How about another? Hey, someone beside you has a girlfriend. They're getting a kiss, but that doesn't mean your social game can't look like you're getting the kiss. So you stand in front of them, and you fall into the trap of comparison by focusing on yourself, realizing that you judge others by their highlight reels, but judge yourself by the the behind-the-scenes. And so you're insecure, and you compensate with a good selfie. That got intense. Next one. (laughs) And you're just taking selfies with animals. Sometimes they copy you. Sometimes you look like them. I don't know if that's a dog or a weasel, but I like it. I like it. (laughs) And that's all. So selfie culture, I think, is really dangerous. You know, I was looking at some stats concerning selfies, uh, and then... The last couple years, since 2011, about 250 plus people have died while taking selfies. And it's, it's, it's like crazy to think about. Even last year, someone, I believe they died on Rattlesnake Ledge, just about an, less than an hour away from here from taking a selfie uh, on the edge. And I, I think this whole idea of 250 plus people dying from selfies is an illustration of the warning the scripture gives us. It's like we're trying to preserve our life in this picture form, but I think the more we try to preserve our life and focus on ourselves, the more we're likely to fall into death and despair and destruction. It's crazy. People trying to take pictures of themselves, they end up dying. In the same way, when we cling to our lives, we end up dying. When we become lovers of ourselves, when we elevate ourselves, there's a warning that the scripture is very clear about. And to be honest, when I say I'm going to Preach a message on rest or taking care of yourself or something like that. I can feel no hesitation. I feel no resistance. But when we announce a series, hey, we're preaching a message called Death to Selfie, I can feel everybody's guard and walls go up. Oh my goodness, we're about to be judged, we're about to be condemned, we're about to not be able to do whatever we want. And and I understand, I, I feel those hesitations too, especially in a church environment where People have taken advantage of these kind of messages and led people to feel like worthless, feeling like they have no value, people prone to self-harm, can really be triggered by messages like this, spiritual leaders, you know, really control people and make them do whatever they want, and I know that there's a lot of hurt, but we can't deny the fact that the scripture warns us about elevating ourselves. and we as a church have always said we're not going to avoid the things Jesus talks about to please culture. We will be a church that talks about the things Jesus talks about. Amen. Amen. And this is important for us, especially in a culture that's obsessed with loving, elevating, and looking at ourselves. But I believe it's hurting us. I believe it's taking a toll on ourselves. If you look at the stats of social media and selfie culture, and it's linked to depression and anxiety and panic and feeling like you aren't good enough and you compare yourself to others and you have to strive and you have to have the right face, the right caption, the right look. The more we focus on ourselves, I think it's taking a toll, especially our children who are growing up in this environment and it's all they know. And our value is not found in ourself. Our value is not found in our striving. Our value is not found in our strength. Our value is given to us by God. It's not something we lose or gain. It's something we're given just because God loves us. And it's so important for us to understand. When we look to ourselves as a source of life, we will find that we do not have the capacity to fill ourselves like Jesus does. And when we look to ourselves, we drain ourselves. And so we are going to be talking about that. The first thing I want to share, point number one, and a challenge and encouragement as we go into these scriptures is I'm going to encourage you to take yourself off of selfie mode. In a culture that elevates the self, I want to encourage you to take yourself off selfie mode. What do I mean by that? Well, if you could, uh, open up your camera on your phone if you have one and uh, put it on selfie mode. If you have a face camera, and you just look at yourself. Maybe, maybe take a selfie with someone with you. Let's do it. Put it on your social media, hashtag Kalos Church. Come on, let's, let's get some digital marketing in this place. A little digital amen won't kill you. So, all right, so take a picture of someone. You do it. Awesome. Selfie. Now, on my phone, there is a button where I can press it where it goes off of selfie mode, and look. Now I can see the world. Oh, wow, look at you. That's amazing. You ever, you ever out in public, and you're with your friends, and you ask someone to take a picture of you, and for some reason, every time you ask someone, it's like the first time they've ever seen a phone or camera. So I do I press this button? Like, how, how is it everybody's first time? Anybody resonate with that? Every time, they don't know how to take a picture. So anyways... Sometimes, like, I'll give my dad my phone and say, take a picture with us. I get the phone back, and it's all very intimate, close pictures of his face. I'm like, Dad, Dad, it was on selfie mode, and that is not good. That is not the source of life. That is leading me to anxiety and panic. But I, I want to challenge us to take ourselves off of selfie mode. And so how do we, let's make this practical, how as Christians, as followers of Jesus, how do we take ourselves off of selfie mode? And this is where things get even more intense. The answer is death. And uh, this is going to sound a little bit morbid. And the scripture is very clear, though, that we are called to die. And that's why this series is called Death to Selfie. The original message of this, title of this message was All Christians Should Die. My wife said, that's, that's a little intense for David. <laughs> but the scripture is very clearly talk about this a lot. Luke 9 23, Jesus talks about this. He said and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross which is a symbol of death daily and follow me. We're called to take up our cross uh, an instrument for crucifixion, death. We're supposed to take that up daily and I can feel our guards go up. Self-denial? Wait, that's everything culture tells us not to do. Self is so important. I need to be true to myself. I need to follow myself. I was born an original. I don't want to die a copy. I need to be myself. Right? This is what culture says to us all the time. It's so important. Like, there's this passage I like. It's this author, Rob Robertson, he wrote, Christians have grown uncomfortable with the idea of self-denial. But it is an important strategy against sin and as a positive part of Christian life and growth. We've been led to feel that the self is sacrosanct or sacred. In other saying sacred can't be you know, messed with, just as in earlier time, it was thought, ne- I love this, just as in earlier time, it was thought never fitting to deny God. In our culture now, it seems never right to deny oneself. So in the same way culture used to be afraid to deny God, now I would say we're more afraid to deny ourselves. Right? And this is what our, our culture is telling us. And all the time when we're pastoring people and talking to people about different struggles and doing these things I don't want to do, the the biggest hesitation is like, I want to be true to myself. But here Jesus is saying, deny yourself. And we've been taught like, hey, nothing should stand in the way of what I want. If something stands in the way of what I want, I'm being oppressed, right? We're taught like, you can't be happy if you don't get what you want. How can I be happy if I'm not getting exactly what I think I need? Uh, And so taking up the cross and following the example and the message of Jesus is heresy to our culture. Jesus says, like, deny yourself. We say, elevate yourself. Jesus says, take up the cross. We say, grab all the materials you can. He says, follow me. Culture says, follow your heart. Mm-hmm. This flies in the face of what we've been taught, right. what many believe, to the point where I feel hesitation and a little insecurity preaching this. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, who's going to get offended and leave the church because I'm sharing the words of Jesus. And so I want to make a distinction here, though. Jesus calls us to kill the self, not yourself. And I just want to make that clear. Kill the self, your sin nature, the parts of you that are not glorifying to God, the parts of you that are destroying yourself. You know, the the yourself aspect is you are a son or daughter, a child of God. You have worth. God has called you a masterpiece, his workmanship. You're created on purpose, with purpose. There is a unique part of you that God so celebrates. You are not just a nameless, figureless entity. God knows you by name. He calls you friend. You have inherent worth because you're created in the image of God. So I'm not talking about self-loathing. I'm not talking about this false humility. You know, humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And this is important for us to understand, this distinction of killing the self versus killing yourself. And so I just want to make that really clear in this message. Am I advocating something like self-harm? No. Am I advocating suicide? No. Am I advocating having no worth or like not being who God called you to be? I'm not advocating that. But am I saying you need to die to yourself? Absolutely This is so important. The scriptures say it. Matthew 10, 39. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Give up your life, the Bible says. Jesus says. Philippians says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Romans 6. Now, if we have died with Christ, we have... We believe that we will also live within. Galatians 2, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 1 Corinthians 15, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. Colossians 3, put to death, therefore, the components of your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. As followers of Jesus, his example, his message, we are called to die. We are called to put to death the self, deny ourself, pick up the cross, die daily with it, and follow Jesus. Jesus is the one we follow, not ourselves. Jesus is the king, not ourselves. Jesus isn't just our savior, he is our master. And we say, just like John the Baptist prayed in John 3.30, Lord, I pray that I would decrease and you would increase. Amen. And so this is part of Scripture. This is the backbone, I would say, of Christianity. The mystery that says from death comes life. We can't celebrate becoming new creations. We can't celebrate resurrection unless we first acknowledge death. There is no resurrection without death. There is no being born again without death. Henry Van Dex is like this, some people are so afraid, though, to die that they never truly live. And I... I think this is so important. Point number two, I believe, kind of illustrating this, is the ultimate self-care is self-denial. Oh! Take that, culture. (laughs) Oh! The ultimate self-care is self-denial. John 12 says this. Jesus gives an illustration about the benefits of dying. And my prayer is that we read this, you would find great relief in this scripture. This is not a chore, I think there's such powerful life and truth in this message. John 12 says very truly, I tell you unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in the world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now, this is right before Jesus is about to lay down his life self-sacrificially on the cross for our sake. Because God so loved the world, his love led him to death for our sake, which is just so powerful. But Jesus, fully God, fully human, he struggled with this. The scriptures say that he prayed before dying on the cross. He was praying so intensely, he started to sweat blood. He started saying things, Lord, if there's any way for me to avoid this, please give it to me. But then he says, Nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours. And he says in, in verse 27, Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. You know, we we all die, but some of us are trying to desperately cling to the little life we have right now. Jesus compares this to a seed. You know, you walked into this place, maybe your your faith feels weak. Maybe you have that form of godliness, and you feel like, all right, I'm I'm in the Lord, but I, I just feel lonely, cold, I feel like it's dark, I feel like I'm sunk. Well, yeah, you're like a seed that's been planted. A seed is planted. It goes in this place, there's darkness all around them, enclosed, it's dark, it's cold. There's nothing around them. It's not until that seed, though, in that planted position, dies. It's not until it dies that it produces life. It's not until that seed dies that it can experience light and freedom and wide open spaces. It's when that seed dies that it produces fruit. And and for, for those of us who have been following Jesus and we feel just dark, isolated, lonely, without light and life, maybe it's because you're refusing to die. And for some of us, maybe it's time to throw yourself a funeral, saying, Lord, let me decrease and let you increase. I, I'm going I'm to pick up the cross. I'm going to follow your example, Jesus. I'm going to die to myself so that I can follow you with everything that I have. I mean, is it, was it wrong for Jesus to lay down his life? W- would we say that was bad self-care, Jesus? Was that, is that not an example we should follow? Because if if we hesitate against this message of self-denial and dying to ourself, when we say, Jesus, you are wrong, Jesus, I'm not going to follow your example, I'm going to do the opposite, because the rule of our culture is self-preservation. The rule of the gospel is no reservation. Jesus, you have my life. That's what the scripture says time and time again. This is the gospel. From death comes life. No resurrection without death, and some of us need a resurrection. Some of us need that power. Some of us are sick of the form of religion without the power. From death comes life. From death comes life. So I believe when you let go, you can let God truly. When you cling to your life, you're just stuck in that small hole. But when you let go, you can experience true freedom, true wide-open spaces. I remember learning how to swim in Minnesota, and, you know, I didn't really know how to swim that well, for some reason, my family grew up on an island and didn't learn how to swim. I was like, I rebuke that. I'm gonna learn how to swim not because of what I inherit from a tropical island people, from the Scandinavians of Minnesota. This will be my legacy. And so I, I remember going to this pool and not really having instruction just trying to teach myself, and I'm just like, ah, paddling, and moving my legs, trying to hold my head up, I'm on my stomach, I'm like, I'm going to swim, I'm going to swim, and then the harder I try to float, the more I strive, the more I sink, right? My muscles are tense, I'm fighting, I'm striving, and it's just not working. Then a teacher said, hey, if you really want to swim, you need to let your muscles relax, I I know you're leaning forward, you're trying to go forward. What I want you to start off with is like, relax your muscles and put the back of your head in the water. I'm like, what? What if I get water in my ears? He's like, trust me. Okay. So I lay back, and he's like, now put your arms out as a sign of surrender.
1: I said, I "I trust
0: you. Then he said, now give me your wallet. (laughs) I trust, I trust you. It seems, under, seems weird, but no. And so I just laid back. I just, I just relaxed. And you know what happened? I wasn't sinking. I started floating, right? Man, our, our, our work, man, we don't earn God's love. There's nothing we can do to earn it or lose it. We just rest in it. We just die to ourselves and rest in his love. And it's like the less I stopped striving, the more I started floating. And it's, a, it's the same way in our faith that we get to die to ourselves, which is another way of saying we get to rest in his love. We get to just lean back in the rhythms of his grace and say, Lord, I am not looking to myself to keep myself afloat. I'm leaning into your love knowing that you will raise me up. That when I die to myself, I, who died with Christ, I'm raised to life with and because of Christ. This is the gospel, and I, I just remember experiencing this as a young, young man, you know, in high school. And I know this is a sensitive subject, and I know it's really intense. But uh, just a trigger warning again. I remember just really wrestling with my self worth as a young man, and really feeling like I had no reason to live. My my family was falling apart. Never felt fully Sri Lankan, fully American. Didn't feel like I had a lot of friends, didn't feel like I was the most talented, good looking, smart, capable. I didn't really feel like I had a future. And there's just this raw, painful noise in my head and my heart saying, you don't matter, the world would be a better place without you. I just wanted release and relief from that. And so I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my own life and people in my family had overdose, doing the same thing, trying to take their own lives, and it was part of my family's culture. If you know my family's testimony, it's just, it's just run rampant. So I thought this is the only way I can find true rest and relief. And then a girl invited me to church, and I heard a message like this. For those of you who feel like you can't find life, and you're just clinging to it, I encourage you, find relief in Jesus. Lose yourself and find Jesus." And I, I, I didn't have any other option. I, I could literally physically die or I could die to myself as the Bible calls us to and I chose that. And I want to let you know I found such relief in Jesus. I finally felt like I don't have to be in control anymore. I don't have to have everything in order. I can just lean back in the grace of Jesus. I can die to myself and I can find freedom I can decrease and Jesus can increase. That made me optimistic for the future in the first time. For the first time, I, I finally felt things will only get better when you start from the place of death. I'm only going to blossom from here on out. And that's, the, that's the mystery of the gospel. From death comes life. And I really resonate with this quote by Watchman Nee. He says, I've never met a soul who has set out to satisfy the Lord and has not been satisfied himself. Oh, when you try to please yourself, life is not a byproduct. When you try to please God, life is always a byproduct. It's so important. Some of us have felt the most alive when we're on a mission trip, or we're praying, or we're giving out because we're tapping into the mystery of our faith. From death comes life. My prayer is that you can find true satisfaction, that a death to the self would bring out your truest self, that's only found by resting in the love of Jesus. Amen. And so I, I just want to close with this story and this idea. In this series, Death to Selfie, one of our, our hearts and our passions is that we would highlight stories about people who are literally giving their lives for the gospel. We want to talk about the persecuted global church. You know, I, I was reading some stats. It says that about 11 people die every day for Christianity because they're unwilling to deny Jesus. And I I think they have tapped into this whole idea of, like, I love Jesus more than my own life. And Jesus gave his life for me, so I'm willing to give my life for him. I follow his example. I follow his message. And there's uh, there's this Bible school in India, and before people are allowed to graduate and be ministers, they have to take something called the martyr's oath which is so powerful. And I I want to read it for you. So they won't graduate. They can't go be pastors or anything like that unless they're willing to take this oath. And it's in this book. I actually just read this last week called The Martyr's Oath, and it's really stirring me. I am a follower of Jesus. I believe he lived and walked among us, was crucified for our sins, was raised from the dead, according to the scriptures. I believe he is the king of the earth who will come back for his church. And he has given his life for me, so I'm willing to give my life for him. I will use every breath I possess to boldly proclaim his gospel, whether in abundance or need, in safety or peril, in peace or distress. I will not, I cannot keep quiet. His unfailing love is better than life, and his grace compels me to speak his name, even if his name costs me everything. Even in the face of death, I will not deny him. And should shadow and darkness encroach upon me, I will not fear, for I know he is always with me. Though persecution may come, I know my battle is not against flesh but against the forces of evil. I will not hate those whom God has called me to love. Therefore, I will forgive when ridiculed, show mercy when struck, and love when hated. I will clothe myself with meekness and kindness so those around me may see the face of Jesus reflected in me, especially if they abuse me. I've taken up my cross. I've laid everything else down. I know my faith could cost me my life but I will follow and love Jesus until the end, whenever and however that end may come. Should I die for Jesus? I confess that my death is not to achieve salvation, but in gratitude for the grace I've already received. I will not die to earn my reward in heaven, but because Jesus has already given me the ultimate reward and the forgiveness of my sins and the salvation of my soul. For me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, before the the gospel cost us our lives, it cost us ourself. Mm. And these pastors, these people from India are saying, hey, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I will die daily. Lord, you gave everything for me, and so I will give everything for you. My ultimate hope is in you in eternity, not in this temporal seed-in-the-ground life. I trust you. I'm not going to cling to the little when you have wide-open spaces for me. And this is hard. This is difficult. But the Bible calls us to throw ourselves a funeral. I mean, that's what baptism represents, isn't it? In these waters, I'm submerging my old self. I'm letting that die with Christ, buried with Christ. And for many of us, that's great hope because we've done such horrible things. we made so many mistakes and I'm just so thankful. Oh, that's gone. So many of us, we, "Ah, I want to follow God, but I keep on doing the things I don't want to do. I keep on treating people horribly. I keep on saying things I don't really want to say. I'm I'm abusing people. I'm making mistakes. uh, uh, But I don't have to be strong. I can simply die daily. Oh, Lord, thank you for that sweet relief that I am not my mistakes, I am not my insufficiencies, I can just rest, but then that resurrection power that comes from death, raised to life with Christ, flowing in the resurrection power of Jesus, Jesus, thank you for loving me, thank you for empowering me, thank you that I am not the source of life or strength, I am not, hope the world, you are Jesus, and you can have my whole life, I will live you forever. Lord, help me to take off selfie mode and live for you, to look at you and not just myself because there's a whole world out there. Some of us are clinging to that life and I want to pray for you. And I want to call you to die to self, take off selfie mode. I mean, could you take this martyr's oath? Not many of us know if we could die for Christ because we've never chosen to live for Christ. And that only happens when we take off selfie mode. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for your word, the scripture, and I pray that you would help us, Lord, to not live these dark, isolated, lonely, cold, sunk lives. But Lord, I pray all of us would experience life and life abundantly. For those of us who have been caught in a cycle of death and pain and addiction and hopelessness and just feeling so insecure, Lord, I thank, thank you for this tool that we can fight death with death that we can put to death all of those things that are trying to hold us back. We get the great restart, a great refresh. Lord, we get to start the level over. Lord, and we're so thankful that when we die, we get to be born from above, born by your spirit into new life and life abundantly. So even right now, Lord, would you help us turn off selfie mode? Would you speak to us if there's anything We're doing to elevate ourselves above you, your will and way. Lord, would you help us to lay down our lives for you, following the example in your message that you lay down your life for us. Help us to be like you, Jesus. Well, I really hope that you enjoyed that sermon. We're going to have a new one posted every single Monday. So see you back next week. And if you're ever in the Seattle area, we would love to have you join us in church. Go to kalos.church or follow us on social media at Kalos Church for more information. See you next time.